here. Uh, just don't forget um, to put your offering and tithes in the basket in the back. Uh, if you're listening online, you can do that at IllyriaChurch.org and just tithe online. Um, some not so good news. Uh, there's a new gift card scam and they are targeting places of worship. And we have been targeted. Thankfully, I, I haven't heard of anyone that's actually fallen for it, but I did want to make it known to you. Um, if you receive any text messages, emails, um, I don't think it would be phone call, and you would know the voice if it was, but if you receive anything electronic, um, asking you to do a favor, asking you to uh, buy gift cards for something, asking for your financial information, please know we would never do that. Please don't fall for it. Um, and please let us know. You can um, message us on Facebook or uh, email address or even probably call the church office just so we know that it happened. Um, the first time it happened was when Pastor Mike was here, but it only happened to me. And now um, I'm hearing of several of you that have received messages, including my husband. So just be really, really aware of that and don't fall for it, okay? Moving on, I have a few um, Sunday... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yes, don't call the number, don't click on any links, don't open it, just get rid of it. He's not asking you for any favors, right? Okay. <laughs> Maybe for some water, but other than that, he's not looking for gift cards. Um, so a, a few Sunday school announcements. We have um, Mr. Larry is going to be meeting with the Sunday school board. Is that today? Oh, sorry. Sunday school teachers, caravan teachers or nursery workers. Super, super brief. And where are you meeting? Over here in the boardroom. Right after the service, he promises not to take up too much time. Um, we're also having a Sunday school picnic. That makes me excited. That's going to be on Sunday, August 29th. So please uh, plan to attend. There's a blip in the bulletin. Please read into that. There's going to be food. And it's always a good time. So make sure you're here that Sunday. Also, speaking of Sunday school, here's my in, right, Joanna? All right, Sunday school, please be there. I am blessed every single week that I am able to be in the Sunday school class. And the Seekers are going to be starting a new series, and that's in your bulletin on July 11th. And I always tell people, the adults, I'm like, we have three good classes. Try each one once and see which one you like, which style. They're all different styles, but they're all very good. And that happens every Sunday morning um, at 9.30. And then last but not least, I think, is Fireworks Night. Uh, City of Illyria, yes, that's very exciting. City of Illyria is doing their fireworks on Friday night, July the 2nd, and we are gonna be here at the church. We're gonna be serving prepackaged items to the crowd and please plan to attend and if like I've only had like maybe three people tell me they could help me I'm gonna need a lot more because we get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people so please if you can help me pass out if you can help me um, I don't want to pass out okay so don't help me pass out but help me pass out some refreshments <laughs> um, please see me and I need a couple more large coolers so if you can oh Perfect. There we go. I've got all the coolers I need. Thank you very much. All right. Who's ready for worship? I know I am. All right. Let's stand and give God praise. Lord, you are mighty. I have seen you work in my life this week unlike any other. 
Lord, we give you praise this morning. And as we worship, Father, may your Holy Spirit fall upon this place, Lord. Be with us as we sing and as we listen to the words that you've given Pastor Flack to speak today. We give you this in your most precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. See you. 
Yes, yes, please. And I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. And I'm accepted.
so grateful for that. I'm so glad that when we goof, he still loves us. And, uh, you know, it, because it's not about us, it's about him. And I'm glad when I make mistakes and I just goof up that his love sustains me. Lost on the sage, find
So this week, my mom puts up the um, lineup every week by Tuesday. And this song came up, and I thought, oh, that's a good song. We haven't sung it in a while. And then I went to go get the lineup done up there, and I thought, well, it's been so long that we don't even have words for it up there. And uh, little did we know how much <laughs> we were going to rely on this song this week. Wednesday night, after we got done singing this song, I got a phone call. My niece, 14 years old, Stevie, was in the hospital. She had some symptoms that were pretty serious. And by Thursday morning, she was admitted into Rainbows in Cleveland. By Thursday night, she had a, we had found out she had a blood clot on her brain. And I can't tell you the peace. It is peace that only Jesus Christ can give. We didn't know if she was going to live or die. My God. They put her on some blood thinners, and the blood just started flowing to the brain. And she began to have conversation and make sense. And by the grace of God, Stevie's going to live. And I just kept singing this song this week. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. And so I'm here to tell you we had a good outcome, but the peace came before the outcome. And you can have it too, no matter what it is that you're going through. If you're facing death, you're facing illness, you're facing a marital breakup, whatever it is. And maybe you're not facing anything right now, but you will. And it's peace that only Jesus Christ can give you. He has us in the palm of his hand. He knows our future. Oh, for grace to trust him more. Amen. Jesus. 
God's people said. Amen. 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 That is so true. And, and uh, while we wait for Pastor Scott and his family to get here, we've just been so blessed to have two, two pastors uh, to be with us and help us through. It's just been wonderful. So we're going to go to prayer. And, of course, uh, you heard about Stevie. And I have to tell you that I, Wednesday night, I think, was one of the worst nights I've had in a very long time when Bethany called me. Um, she said, Mom, it's uh, serious. And she, <laughs> she knows me. So she said, I need you to be calm. Will you just be calm when I tell you this? And I said, yes. And um, there's a lot of reasons that it took place, but <clears throat> long story short, from St. John's to Rainbow's, uh, doctors were perplexed. She had a team of doctors. And in, and in one night, they were able to find it and uh, with an MRI. And it was a blood clot. Thankfully, it was a partial one, so... That was, that was better. Uh, but she has a road ahead of her. And uh, it was so good to hear her voice last night. I talked to her on the phone. She called me and um, said she needed to talk to me. And um, she, there's a couple things that, you know, she repeated. And, and uh, but she needs our prayers. And I would appreciate them. Uh, if you think of her. Uh, she may be coming home tomorrow, they said. It's possible. Uh, but they want to make sure that uh, that everything is in line. Also, I know that uh, the Hetzlers, Dean and Carrie, um, their daughter, Sarah, was also in the hospital. She's doing better, my understanding is. Praise the Lord for that. I'm so grateful that we have the prayer chain, uh, the uh, the. Uh, uh, our page on Facebook that we're able to give these. I couldn't share uh, Stevie on there because I had to make sure Great Grandma knew first, and I didn't want her to find out through uh, through Facebook. So, um, so we want to continue to keep Sarah in our prayers um, today. Are there any other prayer requests before we go into them? Aren't you glad to be here today? The Holy Spirit is is here, and um, I'll tell you, Satan nearly defeated me this week um, because I already was making plans to call you, Pastor Dave. I was going to say, you know, I just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, you know, sing on Sunday, and Kelly reminded me. She said, Mom, you know, um, it is a hard, hard time right now, but you've got to remember the one that's going to be with us through this. I said, yes, you're right. You're right. So uh, we did have a good outcome, but I'm just grateful that um, what it caused me to do was, and I told Pastor Dave this before we came in, I said, it's, uh, we don't, God never promised us tomorrow. He just didn't. And it, it makes it real. But I have to remember that, um, you know, we claimed Stevie a long time ago. She's been brought up in the church. She's had, you know, issues here and there. But we claimed her a long time ago. We gave her to God when she was born. And that night when we prayed, uh, the daughters and I and Joe, we got on uh, FaceTime and we prayed together. And we said, I said, Lord, we gave her to you then and we give her to you now. 
and uh, we're just asking for peace in the midst of it all and he he brought it so we hope that this testimony helps uh, you as well and uh, so let's just uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer and give him thanks this morning father I can't tell you how good it is to be here today and father I just uh, it's a good day it is a good day and we feel the Holy Spirit Oh, Lord, we feel him, and we feel the, his presence, and we know, Lord, that he's doing a work in our hearts right now. And, Lord, I'm grateful that, you know, we live in a fallen world, so unfortunately, uh, things are going to happen, illnesses, disease, and uh, accidents, and all those things. But, Lord, you've taught us in your word that you're there. You're there in our midst. We just need to call on you. And that is exactly what we've done this week, Lord. We called on you. Lord, I lift Stevie up to you this morning, knowing that she is in your hands. And that, Lord, I'm praying she'll be able to use this as a mighty testimony down the road. That you helped her. That you, you helped the doctors. I thank you for that, and I just know it's going to be used. And, Father, we pray for Sarah uh, Hetzler, Lord. We give you praise for that. Lord, it was scary for them, and we just thank you that now Sarah is uh, uh, doing better and doing well. And, Lord, we continue to pray for her. Lord, we just uh, we thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our midst. We thank you for the fact that Pretty soon, Pastor Scott and Kristen will be here. Actually, they'll be leaving here in a day or two uh, to cross country. And uh, we just ask God that traveling mercies would be upon them. Lord, you've worked every detail out, every detail. And there is, we, we will just continue to trust you uh, that uh, things will go well for them. Lord, it's been a privilege to be able to be here with Pastor Dave and Pastor Mike and their wives and uh, it's just been a good time but we know that you have something so big in store and we look forward to that Lord we want to be a church that reaches out to our community and uh, I'm so grateful for the blessing wagon and I thank you Lord for all of those who work it father that is such a wonderful ministry because we're going out we're going out. We want people to come in. But, Lord, there's needs out there. And I pray, Lord, that our church, the ECCN, will be a, a place that people will feel welcomed and comfortable. And, Lord, that they can come to learn about you and how you desire to be in their lives. So, Lord, I think that's what's going to happen as we move forward. And, Lord, we just want to give you praise, honor, and glory this day. In Jesus' name. Father, we continue to pray with, in a spirit of thanksgiving and praise. And we're believing right now that there is something you have for us yet in this service. You've ministered clearly already throughout this worship music. And we praise you for that. Praise you for the victory that has started, and we pray all the way through for little Stevie, dear Jesus.
complete and thorough healing, we ask. And for Sarah, thank you that Jack Lofton can be here today. And Lord, I pray a covering over him today. He will know this is the hand of God. That it's not just a temporary feeling better, but it's that peace that I heard Kelly talk about earlier. Thank you, Jesus. And then there may be others here today that have physical ailments or somebody listening in who needs the touch of the healer, Jesus Christ. And I pray that you'll release that today for any and every person who would cry out and call out and reach out in your name for your touch. I pray healing. And then I ask, Lord God, for the team of people that go out with the blessing wagon. Thank you for that ministry. And I just, I pray that every sandwich and every bite of food that's taken, that they pass out, dear Jesus, the drinks, the water, whatever, dear Jesus, may the hand of God be on those settings. And I already, it's wonderful to know you already know who's going to be there. Prepare their hearts for something that one of the team members would say to them or give them and do in Jesus' name. And they'll know this is just more than just a temporary moment of getting some food, Lord God. It is a time that potentially is transformational. So Jesus, use them, I pray. Thank you for Pastor Scott, for his wife, for his family. And as this transition continues on their end, of making this long move. I pray traveling mercies. I pray, Lord God, you're covering over them, that it'll be a good experience even while they're traveling. They'll be aware of the spirit of the living God, protect from harm, provide any need. I also pray be with them as they say goodbye to where people that they've no doubt known for decades and I just pray in that that you'll, you'll be glorified. And I agree with what was prayed just moments ago, that in Jesus' name, there are great days ahead. No matter what happens in this old world, Jesus is unchanging his power. For this testimony moments ago, there's excitement in the air, not because of some emotional enthusiasm but because the spirit of God is alive and moving in our lives and our hearts and so Lord God I pray increase that intensity increase your fervency of presence increase I pray your favor over Illyria Church of the Nazarene for your glory for your honor but for the sake of souls and for this community so God in the meantime in these next weeks until Pastor Scott is able to be here. I pray that none of us will look at this as treading water and just waiting till the new pastor comes. But we're going to press into your presence. We're going to believe. We're going to prepare. God, prepare our hearts. And I pray in that you will be exalted in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, amen, amen. It means we agree. So be it. Listen to this letter.
written by a college student her first semester away from home, now able to make her own choices. And she writes this to her parents, Dear Mom and Dad, I'm so sorry to be so long in writing you. Obviously, this is a long time ago before all the electronic stuff that we have today. Unfortunately, all my stationery was destroyed the night our dormitory was set on fire by the demonstrators. I'm out of the hospital now, and the doctors say my eyesight should return sooner or later. The wonderful boy, Bill, who rescued me from the fire, kindly offered to share his little apartment with me until the dorm is rebuilt. He comes from a good family. So you won't be surprised when I tell you we're going to be married. In fact, she writes, <laughs> since you've always wanted a grandchild, you'll be glad to know that you'll be grandparents in several months. Signed, your loving daughter. She put, P.S. Please disregard the above practice in English composition. There was no fire, I haven't been in the hospital, I'm not pregnant, and I don't even have a steady boyfriend. But I did get a D in French and an F in chemistry, and I just wanted to be sure you received the news in proper perspective. <laughs> so by that point, I'm sure the parents were going, I'm going to kill her, but... <sighs> receive it all in perspective. Well, there was a shoe manufacturer that decades ago wanted to expand. And so uh, they sent two of their salespeople to the Congo, to an undeveloped territory. One salesman cabled back, quote, prospect here, nil. No one wears shoes. The other salesman reported enthusiastically, quote, market potential terrific, everyone is barefooted. It's all a matter of perspective. So, as I heard, Stevie, is that her name? Um, and Kelly talked about a piece that preceded anything that unfolded, right? He will keep in perfect peace his, him whose mind is stayed on the Isaiah 26, 3. For it talks about trusting in God. But John 16, 33, I have come that you might have life. I think in that particular verse, though, it says something like hope. In this world, you will have what? Trouble, trial, tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So we can embrace the peace he leaves with us, right? That's that, that's worth the whole message right there, and it's not even in the message. 
But my reason for bringing that up is a great perspective was mentioned that even before things unfold, we look not at the present but at the eternal God and say, in the midst of our emotion and our trauma, she's yours. And our desire is your release of healing. but we take our hands off and trust you, Lord. So if I try to put myself in their shoes this week, in some past experiences with our own family, we've walked similar paths, in some ways almost identical. And um, when those things are unfolding before us, your family, my family, whoever. What's God's perspective on that? Well, I'm going to make them worry for a while. I'm going to see what they'll do. Or is he saying, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest in the midst of this. And lo, I will be with you most of the time. Is that what the scripture says? What does it say? When? How? Always? Does that mean right now and last week at rainbows and... Come on. This isn't me. This is the word of the Lord. Right? We get to live that. Now... It can bring dark nights, right? It can drain us. But tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. Now I have to confess to you, one Sunday at Sandusky, 20 years, 30 years ago, whatever it was, early in our years there I got up to sing and I said there's been so many requests but I'm going to sing anyway I thought I'd slip that in there because that's as far as I go the first two lines of this so sweet so if we trust and we release then we enter into his meaning God's perspective on the world, on life, on us right now. If Jesus were to walk through those doors today, through a special manifestation, and he just, and he walked through this, I think, first of all, we'd all be on our faces <laughs> because the glory would be overwhelming. But if we could hand him the microphone and just say, talk to us about how you see us. And I just wonder if he would say, well, I saw you before the cross, and I saw the mess, and in fact, I still see the mess, but I saw you then. I saw you when I was in the false kangaroo court. 
you know what I'm speaking of. I saw you from Gethsemane when I sweat drops like blood. I saw you from the cross, <laughs> even from the tomb. See, it, it's all perspective, isn't it? I ascended and then I sent Holy Spirit to you. Oh, this is so good. I'm getting jazzed up here, friends. I'm sorry. Not because of what I'm saying, but because what I'm in encountering, and that's the presence of the living God. And it doesn't mean we'll, we'll always be excited, but if we can take a step back and say, in this moment where I'm having a great day or a tough day, or this just happened, or I got this text or this phone call, if I could just step back in that moment and say, what's God's perspective right now? In fact, in this now very brief transition period, before Pastor Scott and family and leadership and God working through him, what would God's perspective be? How would he view this church family? And there might be some who would say, well, you know, oh, I can't speak for others, but I haven't, you know, I'm kind of curious, you know, <laughs> may not have. No, I, I, I wonder if God's perspective is like, he sees things that we don't see and where man looks on the outward, God looks on the inward, Right? Let me say it again. You know it. We have to believe it and embrace it. God looks on the outward. God looks at the heart. He knows when we've been the most dastardly. And don't try to sit there and look holy to me because you know there's a streak of orneriness in every one of us to a greater or lesser degree, depending on a number of factors. <laughs> so thankful that, that God sees me through his son Jesus Christ and through the power of the spirit based on the authority of his word he sees you and I and he doesn't excuse sin but he trusts us to he is believing for us to repent of sin and that sin is covered by the blood of Jesus that was testified about and therefore we are set free that's his perspective. One little snippet of it. We need to cultivate, you know what I mean by cultivate? A perspective of life that is in line with how God sees us and views us and our world. For those upstairs, I'm going to have to move right to the first point, which is the challenge. The challenge. And I draw a few thoughts from Joshua chapter 6, and this is when Israel is marching around Jericho, and when they've been called to God to do so, and of course there's a whole build-up to that, and you can't just, I can't just mention a few verses, and, but I'm drawing from these few verses a few thoughts that I hope will be a help today that help us see God's perspective that we get to embrace. Now, I, I need to preface this by saying, 
today, if I'm living in sin, this might be an encouraging word, but I can't embrace it. I can't understand the fullness of the power of God's perspective of my life and what it can be until I say yes to Jesus. That doesn't mean he doesn't love me. No, he pursues me. So if anybody is watching, listening online or here today, and you know for sure there's sin in your life and you don't have victory in Jesus, you can in a moment trust Jesus as your Savior, confess your sin, and believe that he forgives you by the word of God. And it is, it is a free gift that we can't earn. It is undeserved. His grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness comes and it transforms us forever. And in that covenant, we will have our ups and downs. We'll get bumped around in life, but he will never leave us or forsake us. But when I know I am a child of God because he's adopted me, I've accepted him as Savior and Lord of my life, it changes everything. My perspective on life in that moment can shift supernaturally by his power at work in and through my life. Can I get a witness to that? Oh, somebody brought an extra bottle, so I figure if they keep me lubricated, I'll be brief this morning. Is that right? Yeah. I got to take a fingerprints, Kelly. <laughs> just kidding. About Kelly, not about what I just said. <laughs> so Joshua 6, 1 and 2 Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Okay. Had it happened yet? No. God was simply saying, this is my perspective on your promised land and you need to conquer the territories and Jericho is a main key area city. So this is my perspective. What would they do with that? But first and foremost, to get his perspective, we need to get a word from God. That's a whole other subject for another time, but a word from God can come through a worship song. It can come in the quiet of the night when you're in bed and he speaks to your spirit. It can come through any number of forms, but you know when God speaks, you're hearing from the Almighty. And hearing and receiving and believing that word. Now, if you're hearing something because you during the night because you had too much pizza the night with pepperoni and all the good stuff, you know. Uh, not so good stuff. I'll, anyway, we won't go there. That's another. <laughs> and you might get what you think is a word from God, but it's not consistent with his character, his attributes, or the scriptures, then you know you're not hearing from God. And the enemy will come as counterfeit. But I also believe there's a time and a moment I know I've heard from God. There's no question in my mind. And some call it a still small voice and it can be like that. It can be a lot, like a lot of things. I don't like to describe it too much because people begin to think, well, that's what I need to do. 
No, you just say, Lord, I'm listening. I'm listening. While I'm reading the scripture, there will be truth come to me that I have never seen before in all the years. I, I've read it many times and maybe even memorized, and now it's coming to life for me. Joshua, the people had received a word from God, and that word sets direction and perspective. The trouble is, so much of the time in this day, it's common for us to get a word that we embrace for direction or opinion or action that's from the media, from a newspaper, from what other people are saying on the internet, on social media. We're influenced by all these things. And of course we know that anything and everything we check online is true, right? Well, how do you know that's true? Well, I checked it on Google. Oh, well, gee, whew, I don't have to do any more research then, right? It's not a matter of whether God is still talking to help us gain perspective. It's a matter of whether we are willing to listen and tune in to him. In John 10, 27, and I think most of you here, if not all of you know it very well, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. That's the challenge. That's the challenge they faced. They've had the word, will they receive it now? Will they live by it? Let's go back to verse 2 again of Joshua 6. This is the promise. Then the Lord said. Let's pause for a second. If God said it, I better pay attention. Did any of you ever get your middle name when you were growing up from your parents? mom or dad, whoever. When I heard David spoken sternly, I knew you probably ought to at least look their direction. But if I got David Paul, I was already in some level of water. If I got David Paul Flack, I might as well just go ahead and put my bedclothes on and go to bed at 2 in the afternoon. Just If I got David Paul Flack III, then I would, it's just all over, friends, because I'm not David Paul Flack III when they add something like that. I also got called Bill Gloria Ron before. That's my brothers and sisters. And none of you parents have ever done that with your children. Be quiet. You know you have, and I have too. When God said, when God speaks, but he's speaking all of those hundreds, thousands of years ago, 2,000 plus years ago. Well, here's three or more. Here, friends, when God speaks, he speaks to the nations. What he spoke all the way back in the Old Testament and through the spirit of the living God in Christ Jesus our Lord, the new covenant, 
it's as though he's speaking it here again today. Am I right? It's just... He said, then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Those are words not to be taken lightly in their setting, nor do I think it should be said taken lightly today. I wonder if there's some level of application to your life or my life with this today. What is God maybe trying to deliver into our hands that we are well, unwilling to believe him for and take steps toward? That's what God said, but that's not what their circumstances that they saw before them were. Are you, you with me? Now, I, I'm giving you, I, I believe, what was God's perspective on it. God spoke it to them. Now we go down to the human perspective and we receive it this way. Okay, you have promised, but I'm not sure how this is all going to come together. God wants us to see something beyond our natural eyes. We simply cannot measure God's unlimited power by our limited expectations or experiences. He has something greater. The trouble we get into is when our determination, we make our determination about life and the future based on our present circumstances. And too much of the time, that's probably been true for our churches. We are not to judge our future by our present situation. We are to look at the future through the lens that God gives us through his word and through the power of his spirit. And yes, we can draw from past experiences in our own lives, meaning the body of Christ or individuals. I remember when God did thus and so, absolutely. But I also know there's, in a fresh moment, a fresh time, he's doing a new thing, and we can say God's been faithful in the past. He will be faithful in the future. That can be a watershed turning point for individuals and really for church family. But we have to be careful because we can look past probably one of the most important words in that verse, maybe the most important word. Then the Lord said to Joshua, what did he say? What? Oh, you know Spanish. That's good. <laughs> Work with me, folks. Come on. <laughs> See. God is saying to Joshua and to the Israelites, I know from your perspective it looks this way. It's a locked up place. You can't get in. Nobody's in or out. It looks like it's a fortress. But a God is saying, I want you to see what I am seeing from my perspective. And it will mess with us. It breaks all the paradigms. Yeah? Huh? I'm getting chills up and down my legs just thinking about this because I realize some of what God's speaking to this church and speaking to my life and where 
Barbara and I are at in ministry. We're so excited at this season of our life of what God's going to do yet. Praise be to God. And then finally, the breakthrough. This is in verses 15 through 16 and verses 20 through 21. And it's more than that, but those are the verses I'm limited to right now. Joshua 6. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner as they had been. Except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army. Now, before I say the command, of course, you've already seen it and you know it. What this shows me is, and shows us, is that Joshua and the people listened to God's perspective and his promise. They believed. They trusted God. And though they were unsure of how this was all going to play out, all they could, they just go back to God's word to Joshua, see this is going to happen. See it now. So therefore, they could follow through. How wonderful to get a word from God and to get a promise from God and, and to get a sense of direction, whether it's for the church or an individual or a family or whatever. And then people actually follow through. And it's not always easy. In fact, it may take a good bit of time on our faces before the Lord, uh, standing, kneeling, whatever the case might be. Follow through enables breakthrough. Verse 20, oh, well, I got to finish what Joshua said. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Notice what he said, has given. It hasn't taken place yet, Josh. I know, but he said, see, so I'm telling you, shout. We become so quiet and distinguished over the years in the Church of the Nazarene and other churches across denominational lines. You need a good dose of Nicaragua on a mission trip back about 30 years ago. I tell you what, they were so thrilled in that impoverished area to get to be in the presence of God and each other safely. When they gathered, there was some demonstrative expression of their belief in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not elevating my, our dear brothers and sisters in Nicaragua, but as many places around the country, in the United States and around the world, whether we're quiet or reserved or more out going, whatever the case might be, I believe in this moment they were demonstrative. <laughs> he said, shout for the Lord God Almighty, El Shaddai, the one for whom nothing is impossible, has given, it's done, the city to us. When the trumpet sounded, verse 20, the army shouted, at the end of the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men, women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys, which was God's call 
for them to do. They got in wholeheartedly. That, this is where sometimes I almost wish we could say, uh, we know this story so well and we know the outcome, but if we somehow or the other in our minds could block what we've heard and been taught in the past and said, we're hearing this for the t first time. That's why sometimes young Christians, new Christians especially, they've come in outside of the church from, they've not had church background and they're hearing stories like this and did this really happen? <laughs> it's not a fairy table. And the reason I know it happened is more than just faith. Because the same God that when we obeyed, they obeyed. And these walls, this fortress came tumbling down. Is the same God who severs bondages in our lives today and the walls the enemy sets up often between people sometimes in our own mind against ourselves or our marriage or whatever the case might be when we call on God we press into his presence and we walk in obedience and we take him at his word the walls come tumbling down and the miraculous unfolds and God is glorified and we're humbled all the more and we praise the Lord amen amen Will you give me just like three or four more minutes? Okay, you will. You talk to the people in children's church about that one in, in the nursery, okay? Uh, as a pastor, I would get that every now and then. We give me a few more minutes? Oh, yeah, pastor, go as long as you want. And then I talked to the children's pastor afterwards, and then things didn't go quite so well. <laughs> For those who had been there since before Sunday school, I'm having fun. It was back around 2009, I think. Do you know what General Assembly is? Many of you do. You know, in the Church of the Nazarene, and when you join a local Nazarene church, you become a member, with that membership from across what we call the North Central Ohio District, what, I, 60 churches, more or less, and once a year get together, usually at Mount Vernon Nazarene University. This year it's in Worcester. Soon to take place. And so they meet every year and they handle all, they talk about all sorts of ministries, missions, and children, and youth, and the business of the district, and the district are the churches working together to get the work of God done. And there's a lot of different things that happen, and and there's one of six general superintendents that usually come to our district assemblies to preside. And then once every four years, these districts from all over the United States and from around the world elect representatives called delegates, and they attend a general assembly. And so you see thousands upon thousands upon thousands of believers coming from all parts of the globe and across the United States. And the one I'm talking about was in Indianapolis, Indiana. And they have all sorts of displays and, and all sorts of ministries. It's exciting. It's often it's a place where you'll see people that you knew back in college or 
people that you had seen years before and you reconnect with and it's like a big reunion and people are talking in different languages and dressed in their customary dress if they're from India or wherever. But the one thing you have in common is that you're here in the presence of God coming together to do the work of the kingdom now at a general level. That's so much greater than what I just told you, but it gives you the idea in case this is new to you. And so there are, I forget, four or five hundred delegates, maybe seven or eight hundred, I forget now, maybe more than that, from around the world. And those that speak different languages have earphones on, and they're having what's taking place in this, these General Assembly sessions where they're talking about sometimes it's business items and how to operate the church and how to best effectively reach other nations and, and how to run the local church in many cases and so forth. And those are passed on to the district and then on to the local church. So it's, it's an incredible setting. But then when the general superintendents, there's six of them presiding, men and women, over different parts of the world. They're all there. And when they get to such, I think the age is 69 or 70, right along in there, then they can't run again. And so they step back and they serve in other places and so forth. But that year, as I recall, the delegates were electing two new general superintendents. So two of the four were going to be replaced. Those are important moments because as you know, these people lead the body of Christ. We want to know these are men and women who love God, who believe in prayer, who believe in the word and the faithfulness to the word of God. And uh, they elected the first general superintendent. I was very blessed and honored to get to represent our district as a delegate that year. And this, it, it runs for about four days of business, break for lunch and so forth special services at night, God moves, incredible. Uh, and it came down to the last morning, and I believe we were to dismiss at 12 noon. And they had their devotional time. And after their devotional time, there was a sobering presence up on the platform where the general superintendents were. And uh, the general superintendent who was presiding at the time said to all the delegation there from around the world, um, and they gave the general superintendent-elect's name, who'd been elected a couple days before, strong vote, and introduced him. He said, I need to tell you God dealt with me during the night last night and told me I must not accept this election. I dropped my head because I knew the man personally back from college days. Godly man, great leader, would so be high impact from the human perspective. But meantime, I just believe the heavenly presence of God was saying, I have a different plan. <laughs> but it looks so right to us. And so 
that general superintendent uh, elect on Friday morning with about three to four hours before we're to be dismissed, resigned. And we had to fill his position. So there, on one hand, there's sadness. And for myself, I was like, oh, about brokenhearted. And I just, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I literally dropped my head. And then the presiding general superintendent tapped us into a shift of direction and perspective. And he said, I want us as delegates from around the world now to stand. And I want you to get in various world areas or districts or regions, whatever. And I forget how many North Central Ohio and South, South Central and all the different districts, I think in Ohio, whatever, and get in clusters. And he said, we need to call on God. One of the holiest moments of my life took place when I saw Nazarenes from around the world, not because they were suddenly desperate because of time, though that played a role. They wanted the will of God. And you don't just elect, because sometimes when you're electing, it can take more than a day, a couple of days, ballot after ballot after ballot, And I tell you what, God came. God came. And I, I got to tell you that I think most of people in that who were delegates from different parts of the world, including our own United States, who had reserve, kind of let it go because we call on God. And probably within an hour, no more than two, Dr. Stan Toller had, was elected as our new general superintendent. If anybody knows that name, you know he was a prolific author and an incredible man of God of great insight and vision. It wasn't who was elected, frankly, at the end of the day for me. It was that all of a sudden I felt like the Church of the Nazarene worldwide got perspective set again if we'll humble ourselves and seek his face we will hear from heaven and I believe that day in Indianapolis in that dome full of people we heard from heaven and his will was done and then we could go back to our various cities and communities and churches saying well there was a lot of good things and great services but the highlight was the presence of God in our final session of General Assembly on that Friday morning. Now, I just want to invite this church family to do this. What happens in Elyria Church of the Nazarene? As you pick up, I know you've practiced in the past or you wouldn't be here today. And you've had some great pastors, I mean great, great pastors and families and and I believe you're about ready to receive another great pastor uh, but what happens if the church as a whole says we're not going to tread water 
We're excited about Pastor Scott coming. But meantime, we're going to ask for heaven to open over earth and this church over our lives personally and over the church as a whole. And I'm not saying call a prayer meeting. I'm saying obey God and whatever he says. If that's fasting, if it's whatever it is, it's pressing into his presence and saying, God, you have said you will give us Jericho. This is our Jericho. It's not our city. It's your city. It's not our Nineveh. It's your Nineveh. But you're calling us to make a difference, but we can't make a difference whether our funds are strong or not so strong or whether our attendance is up or down or something in between or our history says, well, we'll kind of do it. No, no, all that's wiped away because God's about ready to do a new thing. And my sadness is not only because my tenure here is very short, I'm about ready to get bumped. But I don't want to miss the action that God's going to unfold in this place because his people, though you're praying and have been praying, begin to press in all the more. We don't have to plead with God. I think he's just waiting to hear from us, right? Will you receive that this morning as a challenge, but also as a promise and as a breakthrough? He's Baal Parazin, Lord and Master of Breakthrough. Let's pray. Thank you for the attentiveness with which these incredible people today, and they are incredible because they're each your children, have listened. Now, I pray, take what you have opened to us and allow us to receive it and to live it out in days to come. Release fresh anointing over this house. Let the glory fall, I pray. Let the glory fall. I pray when Pastor Scott comes, first Sunday on, there'll be glory in this house. Not because of Pastor Scott, but because he's walking in obedience, coming from across the country at the call of the church board and this church family. And they come together to do the work of God, and they're believing and receiving the challenge, the promise and now anticipating the breakthrough in their lives personally, in their homes, in their communities, but in the church as a whole. We praise you and we honor you. Lord, before we go today, I just pray, I pray in your name, for any who may need to pray that simple but profound life-changing prayer where they don't know Christ as their Savior and right now in this moment they want the assurance of knowing they have the mind of Christ and the perspective of Christ that will change them forever, transform any heart that is heavy and burdened that needs Christ as they confess any sin, any issue, any whatever, any addiction, break chains right now, I pray. And I ask in Jesus' name that any who would pray that prayer that Jesus come into my life, I surrender addictions, I surrender things of the past, and I'm living my life to you, and I commit my life to you today by faith through grace in Jesus' name. So be it in the name of the Lord, seal them with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. It's been good to be in your house, and we give all glory and honor to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And may those in children's church and nursery forgive me.
God bless you, friends. Good to be with you today. Have a blessed day and an anointed week in Jesus Christ. You are dismissed.